This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. TNT, and I will not fight. TNT, I'm a power load. TNT. It's Monday night. So happy to have you all here with me tonight. Usually I start out by saying coming to you from the KCBQ studios in sunny Southern California, but there ain't nothing sunny going on here the past few days. We've had a little bit of sunshine, but mostly it's just been rainy and wet and just kind of damp, nasty weather. Been almost as nasty as what's been happening out in the, the GOP race for the White House. And we got, we got to talk about that today because it's ugly. It's been ugly out there, uh, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have fun because, you know, we always have fun on the Andrea K. Show, even we're talking about such serious topics. And joining me tonight to have fun is, of course, all you out there. Thank you so much. It's always an honor to have you share this time with me. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Friend me on Facebook. Like my fan page. Go to my uh, website, AndreaKShow.com. I'm starting to get a lot of comments come to me through there as well as through the uh, AM 1170 the Answer website. Lots of great ideas. I try to do content that really speaks to what's on your minds and because that's really what's most important to me. Sitting in the booth today, keeping the wheels all turning here on the AK Show is none other than Noah. How you doing, Andrea? I'm good. You might not like a little bit of what I have to say. No, no, Uh-oh. The, no. Uh-oh. Y'all know, most of y'all know that I'm on Craig's Sewing Show on Tuesdays. It's Tuesdays with AK on the Craig's Sewing Show. And so you might recognize Noah's voice because he, he does the boards and pipes in to support people that I don't necessarily support. But I think but we have some common ground today. We I, do. We do. And so feel free to chime in as, we'll we, as we get into that. So Noah's here. I have, I have Dijon. That's my nickname for Dylan. Yeah. I've got DJ Carrot Sticks for Todd. So we got to come up I with got, a I need a nickname. We need, yeah. You need a nickname. Speaking of nicknames, my special guest today who's in studio with me, sitting in the co-host seat, has a nickname because he's incognito. He stays, he stays underground. He's, he's like in a bunker. He was probably one of the first guys to actually do a show from a bunker. I don't know. I don't know everything that he's trying to hide somewhere in the state of California. I don't even know his, his original location. This guy's like stealth, okay? It is one of the Sackheads from Sackhead Radio show and shr media who's in the studio with me i started to say your name but i can't reveal that (laughs) so thanks for being in here with me and sharing the hour with me we got lots to talk about um one of the things that we're going to talk about stay tuned because mr kcbq uh, the man himself mark larson's actually going to be on the show in a little bit to bring he's one of the few people who really knows the Reagan family. And so I'm honored that he's going to call in and give his perspective today because we have suffered a loss in the conservative movement and an icon, a hero to many, including myself and the Republican Party. We have lost Nancy Reagan. And so I get it. So it's an honor to me, actually, to have Mark on the show in a little bit to give his perspective as someone who's very close. In fact, he just did an event at the Reagan Ranch a couple of weeks ago, which I was unable to attend, but would have killed to be there. So stay tuned because we're going to talk to Mark. But you know, I, 
when I first heard about that on the heels of losing, you know, Justice Scalia, I got to thinking about the death of conservatism and whether or not like Scalia and like Nancy Reagan and other icons, have we buried conservatism? Because when I look at the fighting that's going on today, I see fighting between people in the field who are not conservatives. And I see a whole lot of fighting going on among conservatives and trying to save conservatism, trying to keep it from being buried forever. And that's so much about what's going on. And I really wish that we could unite around that instead of tearing each other down so much. I think Huckabee said it best when he said that so much about, and this is really important for the anti-Trump people, Noah, to really listen closely <laughs> to. because one, Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Keep the wax out because, yeah, I'm going to be referring to, to people like you, Noah, who actually I thought you were actually on board with Trump initially. I was initially. Yes, I was. Um, but Huckabee said that this is really about a peaceful revolution, that this is really about ballots over bullets. And it's because people are, are wanting to actually save conservatism, believe it or not, by taking the party back through Trump. So it's not just about a, a movement that's based, like so many people are saying, with a bunch of irrational, angry people who don't have the, their act together. There's actually a rational thought behind this movement to take the party back. You know, my dear friend, uh, Gina, who I'm honored to fill in for her as guest host to be like the Eric Bowling to her O'Reilly on America Trends. And I'm going to be sitting in there tonight again in the host seat. She gave a brilliant speech at CPAC this weekend in which she talked about um, that there was a divorce going on um, from the establishment where I kind of disagree with her. She said that we all need to eventually unite around whoever the nominee is. I agree that we need to unite, but I don't necessarily agree that every candidate represents a divorce from the establishment. I actually think there's one or two hanging around that won't go away, that actually take away. Uh, they are the establishment, and um, they, they don't represent a divorce. They represent you know um, some last-ditch effort from some wayward husband who's running around on you to try to convince you that that lipstick, you know, on his neck is not from another woman. Um, so that, no, I don't think they all represent a, a divorce. Um, and, you know, really what the GOP is trying to do is anything but trying to woo the hearts of the spouse that they've tossed aside. In fact, if you look at what they did, I mean, when a spouse comes to you and says, you know what, I'm on the courthouse steps. I am filing divorce. I am, you are, you were done. It's all about now who's going to get the corny wear. You know, the thing to do is to then, if you really want to keep that spouse, is to actually do something to keep them. You don't then send out your mistress, Romney, to tell, you know, to, or, or come out and tell your spouse to shut up and sit down. That's not how you want to go about it. Not if you want to keep your spouse. And then you don't even make it worse than by, by trying to John Edwards the situation by trying to come out with some illegitimate child. See, that's really what the GOP is trying to do. They're encouraging Rubio and Kasich to stay in. They really want, that's when you hear Romney, oh, Kasich can win Ohio and Rom, Rubio can win, you know, some small island somewhere in the South Pacific that doesn't even vote, you know, and they're not, I know they're in the Caribbean, but you get my point and I'm being extremist here. But that's all about trying to keep us from being united because they want to shove their illegitimate child on us, a Romney Rubio child on us at the convention. They're not listening to us. Their real mistress of the GOP establishment party is liberalism. That's what's going on. And the, and, and the, the conservatives within the party are, have been fed up with it. And so a lot of people are saying, never Trump, I'm going to stay at home. And I'm saying, look, 
I have been wondering for years, and I've had this debate with a lot of the anti-Trump people. I have been wondering for years. We have, we're all frustrated. We're all feeling like we don't have any power. We're feeling vulnerable and powerless against a party that's ignoring us. So how do we go about and take it back? If, if, if staying home, so let's say you don't like Trump because you don't think he represents conservatism. Have you taken the party back by staying home and not voting for Trump? Because if you you can't solve a problem if you can't correctly identify what the problem is. And the problem is not Trump. The problem is a party that gave us Trump. And you're not taking the party back or doing anything to further conservatism when you let them have their way because they will be very happy, very happy that if Trump ends up the nominee, that Hillary ends up winning because you stayed at home. You will have not furthered conservatism and it will not be Trump's fault. So that's not the solution. In fact, look at all the conservatives that stayed at home because of Romney, who's attacking somebody as conservative. And why did people stay at home and didn't vote for Romney? Because he's the architect of Obamacare, because he was a a former pro-abortion guy, because he was a big government guy who pretended he was conservative. A little bit of the pot calling the kettle black. So staying home, what did that do? What did the Republican Party respond with? Saying that we just weren't liberal enough as a party. We just need to go and, and, you know, be kinder and nicer to the people crossing our borders illegally. Enter Marco Rubio with the gang of eight, right? So how is staying home a solution? I thought then after 2012, maybe the solution is everybody stay at home completely. Nobody go out and vote. Nobody give a dime to a Republican candidate. But then how do you, how do you mobilize that movement? So, you know, so what do we do? You don't like Trump? Instead of bashing him all day long, tell me what the solution is to take the party back because that's really what this is about. And oh, by the way, given the fact that we do have a Republican Party, if Romney and Rubio are somehow supposed to be the face of conservatism, then that really shows you how far left this Republican Party has gone. They have allowed the left, and, and, and I said liberalism is their mistress, They've, they with the left have allowed this country to be dragged so far to the left that I no longer believe my own narrative from years ago where I said we must put forth a hard right conservative to provide a clear contrast for the voters. But now I don't know that that person can win. We have 60% of Democrats who are on board with socialism and we do not have a Republican party that can articulate free market principles as an alternative. So we're going to have a far right guy, a far, far right Christian guy after the left has been beating us to death over that. I'm not sure that can win anymore. And that's been my concern with Cruz, particularly when he's not likable. Everybody talks about Trump having a ceiling. I think his ceiling is somewhere around, you know, 30%. I'm not sure. I'm not saying he can't win. But what I don't think that we can do, and I'm going to explore how do we win. I've got Sean here from SHR Media who's going to help me break it down. Noah's free to chime in. But that's what I want to talk about is how do we take this party back? And, and we got to win in the general. If we have a, if the Republican Party, which is so far liberal itself that they're allowed the, the, the left to drag us far left, can we win in a general? Everybody's talking about, oh, you know, Trump can't beat Hillary. Well, he's bringing a whole lot of Democrats and independents over. And I don't know. You know, if Cruz can reach those people, I don't know. I got to take a break. We come back. We're going to pick this up on the other side. We're hopefully going to chat with Mark Larson about the Reagan family, beloved Nancy Reagan. If there was ever a love story, there ain't a whole lot of love going on right now between the candidates and a lot of the candidate supporter supporters. But there was serious, real, true love between the Reagans. And we're going to celebrate that when we come back from the other side of the break. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170 KCBQ. And the moon is the only light we'll see. No, I won't 
Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657333. Miramar Kitchen Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. So glad to have you here with me today. Before the break, I was talking about uh, the divorce. Uh, Gina Loudon was talking about a divorce between uh, the voters, the constituents in the Republican Party. And I'm saying, well, you know, they're not exactly trying to woo us and keep us from divorcing them. So we're going to but we're going to talk more about that on in, in a little bit. But right now, I'm just honored to have uh, Mr. KCBQ, as I call him, none other than Mark Larson on the Andrea K. show tonight to talk about um, the other topic that I started the show with um, the loss of a beloved icon, a hero to many, especially to me. Hopefully I can get through uh-huh. this segment without being completely choked up because, you know, there was no greater love story was there not Mark Larson then between Ronald and Nancy Reagan, a love for them, for each other and their marriage and a love of country. You knew them personally, you know, the entire Reagan family personally. And I wanted to have somebody on my show who actually knew them and could tell us what they were really like. Well, I, you know, just to be clear, I wasn't hanging around with them, you know, shooting the breeze all the time either, but I've, I've been with Nancy a few times, I've been with the president, and, you know, special events, and, and certainly for the last several years, I've been involved in the Reagan Ranch on the Board of Governors. Mike Reagan and I have been friends back 30-plus 30, 30 years, I've lost count. I also well, know Patty pretty well. The only one I don't know is Ron, Ron Jr., and that's okay, because he's kind of been off the reservation, if you will, on, right. on certain issues. He did, ever since he did the Merry Christmas, I'm an atheist message <laughs> about a year ago, it was just not quite the same thing. But there's no doubt that in some ways, I said this on KUSI the other night, in some ways it feels like uh, the Reagan years were 100 years ago. You know, Not that I have any reference to 100 years ago, but it just seems so bad. And, and yet it's so important today. We've been told by the media in general that somehow that was then, this is now, doesn't matter. We have a whole generation that only knows this current president, and it doesn't even remember, it doesn't have any working knowledge of September 11, 2001, for Pete's sake. It's it's just, you know, they don't know that under Reagan, it wasn't a 1.9 or 2% growth, and we all had a party about it. It would be some quarters of 7% plus growth. Wow. You know, but the revisionist historians have been busy on this. And it's funny, because many of them, it's funny, ironic, that many of the media who had a problem with 
the Reagans uh, because of what they stood for and who who went after Nancy often because they couldn't get at him, so they'd go after her. They said, oh, she's wearing these fancy gowns and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she gets all the astrologer and uh, all this all this kind of stuff. Um, today, of course, they're all saying how wonderful she was. Well, not too many years ago, they were saying, right. you know, that, that they, they couldn't stand her. And they also made fun of uh, the love story. They couldn't believe these two people were so deeply in love. You mentioned the divorce issue. Think about how, how that played. Reagan was divorced from Jane Wyman. He married yeah. Nancy Davis, the actress. All these things that, that, that you know, were pretty bold at the time. And he yeah. had been a governor who signed a, a very pro-abortion bill and realized that that was not a smart thing for him to do and, and apologized and was staunchly pro-life after that. But there's a lot of things back in the day that that worked then that maybe don't work now, or maybe they do. And I wonder how the Reagans would have fared in today's social media environment. We don't know. Well, we do know from some of the social media, you said that people used to attack Nancy. Some of the attacks yesterday on Twitter about her were oh, yeah. from the party of tolerance, Mark, were so vile, yeah. so vicious. How could, One thing that I think everybody on both sides, no matter how far left you are, can, you, can we not agree that that was about the most classy first lady and president ever in the White House? I think she even surpassed. I can say that um, I wasn't around at this time, but I can say that um, you know, the Camelot days were one of, of class. Why can the left not acknowledge that they were an incredibly beautiful, wonderful, fabulous, classy uh, yeah. president and first lady? Well, to his credit, I don't often say this about Obama, at least he ordered the flags to half staff, and, and that's a good sign, and they said some nice things, as they should, because it's a first lady who did have an impact. There's no doubt she had a positive impact, despite how the left loves to poo-poo the Just Say No campaign. That did have an impact. And, uh, and caused a discussion about the drug problem to get to a different level. When the president got Alzheimer's after he was out of office, and by the way, that's another thing that they like to spin. Oh, he must have had it in office. I've talked to, and I'm friends with many inside Reagan people like Ed Meese, people like John Barletta, who was his longest-serving Secret Service agent, people who saw him in, in everyday activities. And there was no inkling period about the Alzheimer's thing until he wrote that letter. Actually, when you get to 93 or so, there were some signs and some questions. But you know, they left office January 20th, 1989. Well, so, you know, when I get to know, be 93, I'm just hoping I'm still able to like feed myself some red beans and rice at Enola. I mean, don't hit me on whether or not I'm completely cogent. That, I, there's been too many... Look, you'd still look great when you do that. Uh, you can still <laughs> post that on social media. So. Um, <laughs> In terms of uh, politics, and I hate to make this this political, but everybody fights over his legacy. Everybody fights uh, whenever we have, you know, a, pr- a primary in the Republican Party. They all fight over who who's the new Reagan, and yeah. you know, and being Reaganesque, and it's and you know, Reagan being this example of conservatism, and therefore somebody else isn't a conservative because they don't match his. What are your thoughts about that whole aspect of this? Well, you know, when I talk to Mike Reagan about it, and I talk often because we've been such uh, great friends, one of my you know, handful of very best friends in life, and you know, he, he and I have been talking a lot for the last year or so, wondering if, if his dad would be, how he would be faring in today's Republican Party. Would he not be perfect enough? That always reminds me of Cal Thomas's favorite line. He says, listen, we're one of his favorite lines. 
is that we're, remember we're voting for president, not for pastor. So sometimes right. we get all these things all, all confused. But you know, let's face it. There's one Ronald Reagan, and we're not mm-hmm. looking for if we if people who think that they're the next Reagan aren't people who say we're looking for the next Reagan. Well, mm-hmm. it's impossible. You can embrace right. Reagan principles. It's like when people say, "I want to be a talk show host," and "I want to be the next Oprah." Well, there's already an Oprah. You know, right. be yourself. <laughs> yeah, be somebody exactly. different. Embody the principles. That are you know that make Reagan great. That's why with the Young Americans Foundation, the organization that has been around for many years, Reagan himself was involved in it. Mm-hmm. They preserved the Reagan Ranch. That's where I'm involved, as I said, on the Reagan Ranch board. Um, that's used as a kind of a schoolhouse of Reaganism to help new generations recognize. Here's the character of the man. If you go to the library in Sydney Valley. That's a great thing to do. You get a little bit of the personal side. You get a lot of the career on the ranch, which is not open to the public, but but for special, you know, educational appointments it is, where you have, uh, you know, the full measure of the man. The first thing you notice when you go to the ranch, you don't notice an ego wall like we all have with our pictures. Here I am with this famous person, that famous person. Right. Yeah. You know, if if they blindfolded you and stuck you in there and said, who lived here? You might have a hard time figuring it out. Wow. And that's what kept him centered. That's what kept he and Nancy centered. And there's a great story about what Bill Wilson, their friend, who was when they were looking for a new ranch, because they had some other ranches over the years. This is the one they had longer. But they're going up to take a look at it. They had a, had a ranch down uh, around you know, Pacific Palisades, Malibu area, kind of down that, that area here in Southern California. So they're going up on a really messy weather day, uh, kind of like today has been. And they're going up. At, it, it's about a seven-mile curvy, scary road once you get off the 101 freeway. Mm-hmm. It's several miles you know, outside of, uh, of Santa Barbara. So picture Ronald Reagan and their friend Bill and uh, maybe some other people in the, in the car as well. But they're going to go up and assess whether they want to buy what was called the Tip Top Ranch. As now known that Reagan called the Rancho del Cielo, uh, Rancho of the Heavens, and and Nancy did not want to go. I mean, the stories are told that she is just like you know, this looks miserable, and yeah. this road is terrible, and I'm not going to go. Come on, Ronnie, what are we doing here? Right, like me. Any time I was thing. dating and a guy wanted me to ride in an open convertible on a date. I mean, really? Okay, yeah. go on. Same kind of thing. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and you're doing the protest, and then it's the only time. And, and I don't have the exact because nobody recorded it, but. The equivalent would be like Reagan said, like like President Reagan said to the heckler in Mission Valley at the rally in 1984 when he just laughs and goes, oh, shut up. I don't know that he <laughs> told her to shut up, but he basically he said, Nancy, you know, stifle. It's like right. Edith Bunker and Archie, it's all in the family. <laughs> and she stifled. They get up to the top and they get to this beautiful 688-acre yeah. ranch. And it's like the heavens and God mm. are looking down. And she's like, okay, Ronnie, I get it. And they were yeah. Is and that, that is where they spent 350 right. days in the presidency. She learned how to ride because she wanted oh. to be closer to him oh. in their life. And you know, that tells you a lot. Yeah. Is that the same ranch where we've seen the iconic pictures of him uh, chopping wood? Was it at that ranch? Same place. Same oh. place where that's the place. And, and the, the, the uh, telephone poles that were made into fences, he did yeah. that along with his very tired ranch hands and Secret Service. They'd say, hey, we're going to the ranch. they go, oh, man, we're going to work our butts off. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. And he'd, he'd wear them out. You know, they also yeah. have up there, there's a wood chipper, among all the other things. You know, when, when Nancy sold the ranch and realized Young America's Foundation was going to preserve it as it was for educational purposes, she also gave back furniture and there's clothing in the closets. There's her boots. There's yeah, it, it's like I always say it's like you pick the locks. It's 1985. Mm. They're out wow. riding horses, and you've Ugh. picked the locks, and you're rummaging through. So it, it's just frozen in time. 
but when when you you look at what was there and what was brought in and, and the flagstone outside mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. linoleum that was you know it's it's total 1970s yeah. early 80s kind yeah. of stuff but they have a wood chipper because he'd be out there clearing brush and wearing people out and uh, and the secret service got real nervous from the first day that he did that when he was president then because he'd be throwing big chunks of trees in his chipper and the secret service guys are going we can't this would be horrible if the leader of the free world gets caught up and just runs through the chipper that's not uh, yeah. well so they so they they decided he'll keep doing it we can't tell him not to but they would get like a chain of a couple of agents to hang on to his belt loops or his you know, the, the waist on his no. jeans and they'd get behind him as he was throwing it in to kind of anchor him. Yeah, so like a safety line. Poorly. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and, and to this day, they call that chipper the Gipper's Chipper. Oh, <laughs> I never heard that. That's awesome. Away. Yeah. Yeah, one yeah, thing that we a, never heard about the ranch either is we never heard that they, they ran off from the White House with $200,000, you know, worth of stuff from the White House. Right. Or all like the a, furniture. Yeah, yeah no, furniture they didn't, they didn't in China. Away like the Clintons. And remember with the China that, that was so controversial at the time, because they said, how are they being so extravagant? Well, you know, when the recession was on, well, they were restoring some some class to the White House. Yes. They were going back to kind of the Jackie Kennedy era. There were a lot of things that needed to be renovated. They hadn't had new China place settings for state dinners since yeah. the Truman administration. So for that 200-some thousand bucks, you know, Nancy Reagan went out and did personal fundraising. She went to Betsy mm-hmm. Bloomingdale and all these friends of hers right. to write checks. They got all the renovation done on private dollars. Wow. Now, even to this day, you'll have some people on the left who go, yeah, but that was a donation, so they got tax incentives. Still? People kind of paid for it. It's like, seriously? I mean, look at any program out there. You incentivize people. If you you build it, they will come. You give them a reason, they will do it. And that's what they did. So there are still, to this day, people probably as a university professor who don't know that whole story. All they know is she bought China when the nation was at recession. Right. And the taxpayers paid for it. Well, no, they didn't. Right. It was privately funded. Yeah. Meanwhile, they'll justify those same professors right now are probably justifying Michelle Obama's $10 million annual vacation budget, which is paid for by the taxpayers, by the way. That's right. Final thoughts for us about the Reagans before I have to let you go, Mark Larson. The best thing about the relationship is something that Mike Reagan and or Patty Davis Reagan told me uh, years ago trying to because, you know, obviously the kids were sometimes more in the orbit and sometimes not. And, you know, I got to know two of the four. didn't know Maureen, but uh, Maureen and Mike from your first wife, Jane Wyman, from that era. And then uh, Ron Jr. and Patty. It was explained this way, that if you take a sphere, like take a take a ball, okay, cut the ball in half. One side is Ronnie. And the other side is Nancy. And you put them together, that's their relationship. It's just fully committed to the other one. Mm-hmm. It's just like a nice sphere. The kids would be kind of like planets. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes they'd be as close as Mars, and other times they would be um, you know, they'd be Pluto and beyond and some asteroid out there. And that right. you know, it, it doesn't mean and in fact you read Reagan's diaries, which is really a good thing to do. You could see those at the library and they've got a nice interactive exhibit there now you go to any topic and read about it yeah he he would be anguished over some of that stuff and, yeah. and you know trying to be a better father because you know if you're in public life and you're in show business and then you're right. the governor and you're the president uh it's you know that that really explains a lot about the measure of them and and it's yeah. uh, it's that personal side there was no greater love between two people and she got got a rap for being too protective but after the assassination attempt 
as any spouse would know, you get real protective. If, well, I would if hope the so. The other one, yeah, is in some challenges. Yeah, because there's you know. times when during the Clinton administration, you thought she would been she was shoved, she was not protective. She was trying to shove him in the line of fire if she if she <laughs> could right. have. And, and, and I'll he, just say this: Reagan always kept his uh, kept his clothes on in the Oval Office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark Larson. Thank you so much for All being right, Andrew, here. Mar- bye bye now. Mark's on um, KCBQ right here, six a.m. to nine a.m. every Monday morning. Be sure you tune in. And as you can tell, I mean, Mark just is such an insider, knows everybody and everything. He's just a wealth of incredible information and knowledge on everything and everyone. So you're going to want to make sure you tune in to Mark every morning here. And stay tuned for us because we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to we're going to get back to this heated GOP race. It was a love fest with me and Mark talking about the Reagans. There may not be any love between me and Noah and Sean here. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about the GOP race, the other side of the break. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. Whatever you want to do, it's all right with me. Want more Andrea K.? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day to day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation, a fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. The bow-legged one. Who's bow-legged running for Republican president? But you know what? Hey, welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Hanging out today with my buddy, Sean.
Sean. I guess I can out him. He said during the break that I can actually can use ask. his name. Absolutely out me. Yeah. So Sean Lewis uh, from Sackheads Radio and SHR Media is sitting in with me today. And we've also got Noah in hey, the booth hey. today. Yeah. So, so amazing to talk to Mark Larson, though, about the Reagans and get the behind the scenes. I never knew about the chipper. I, my, I, I actually, didn't either. Yeah. I actually no have clue. my coffee table books are all Reagan from the library and everything about Reagan. He was like one of my heroes. Mine too. Uh, coming up and I never heard the chipper story so thank you Mark Larson for um, giving me that visual and making me laugh today but we got to get back to some serious yeah no laughing here no laughing <laughs> man because it has gotten serious uh, you know I'm telling um, I have how do I say it this way it's kind of a juxtaposition. I know I'm contradicting myself because I'm saying, look, we got to take this party back. Okay. We do need to divorce ourselves from We're the establishment. There. We got to take the party back. The fighting is over how to do it because at the same time, we've got to unite against Hillary because make no mistake about it. I did my whole show last week to say, do I need to remind all y'all about Benghazi, the email scandal, the Clinton Foundation, which is the world's largest charity fraud that's ever been perpetrated. She is a Marxist and just as Marxist as Bernie Sanders is. But at the same, but so, you know, I, I guess I will hold my nose if Rubio ends up getting it. But Rubio, your man needs to hit the road, Joe. I'll tell you what, you know, as much as I, I like Rubio and you can, it doesn't even matter what your retort is. His numbers are too low. It doesn't really serve America right for him to stay in the race at this point. Thank you for saying that. That's, that's yeah, yeah. That's perfect. the honest position yep. because he really needs to go. But but Sean, did you hear that David Brooks? Do you, if you who even knows who that is anymore? How relevant is he anymore? But he says, "Don't panic, people." Rubio wasn't going anywhere. Don't panic. He's going to stay in the race. They intend that. What are y'all's thoughts about a Republican Party that is intentionally telling us straight to our face, hey, wife, I'm, yeah, I'm having an affair and I don't care what you think? Well, what do you. I, I've brought this up. What's the biggest deal if the Republican Party goes away, right? If we have a party that splits off and then actually have real conservatives. Then watch how much fire that would actually gather. And we started a little bit with the Tea Party, right? We saw mm -hmm. the, the burn a couple of years ago start lifting. People got involved. And then the establishment, just as much as the left, attacked the Tea Party as being right-wing loons and all this other stuff because they right. wanted fiscal responsibility and for government to leave them alone. Right. So what's the biggest loss if the GOP goes away? What, we lose people like Kasich? Oh, what a shame. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? We lose. Right. Mitt, we won't have to deal with Mitt Romney? Oh, killing me. So are you cool then with the never Trump that could end up splitting the party because the people are staying home? If Trump gets the nomination, where do you stand? Uh, I would vote for him for the nomination part of it, um, only because the alternative... Uh, I can't willingly vote a socialist who self-avowed socialist. At least Hillary's quiet about it, her socialism and Marxism ways. Right. I can't openly vote a socialism or allow a socialism to take office, in my opinion, uh, voting-wise. I don't actually see Hillary being eligible. I still say that, that before everything's going to hit, I think there's going to be an indictment handed down. At this point, it, it almost has to happen. So it, it's a scary situation to be in, right? But Yeah, it is. It, uh, and when you have so many people 
that you've got a Republican Party that has allowed the left to take over our school system. Mm -hmm. And uh, our schools are all about anti-Americanism. They're all about anti-free market, all about this horrible, you know. Anti-conservative. Uh, that's it, that's yeah, what it comes it, down to. It, it, it's pro-socialism. Yep. That's why you've got all these 20-something people and 60% of Democrats that think socialism is cool. Meanwhile, you don't have anybody in the Republican Party educating anybody. I posted, you know, on Facebook this morning that Bernie Sanders' plan is that every household, including the poorest of the poor, is going to have an increase of $9,000 in taxes. There's no such thing as free, Noah. No. But and None. and the Republican Party is not. There's there they literally where we are at with our party is that they literally would rather see Bernie get it or Hillary get it, whichever one, so that they can keep their power base, which is liberal right now. And I'll tell you what, I was watching the the debate. I watched the last one, GOP front front to back. It was a great debate overall, but when Rubio and Trump got into it, I really got ticked off and mad, especially when Trump wouldn't let it go. He took back a comment of calling Rubio little Marco, and then he said it again. And I'm like, that's it. I am not voting for Trump if he's a nominee. I can't do it. But you know what? There is way too much at stake. People that think that way really need to wake up because if they want four, eight years of Hillary or Sanders, they're out of their minds. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Noah. When Cruz and Rubio come out, and all they're doing instead of pushing their position is attacking Trump's, which is Thank what you. these debates have become. Oh, yeah. It's food instead product. of and pushing their positions, all they're doing is attacking Trump. You look like little Marco at that point. Exactly. You look like a child, a petulant child, getting angry at dad. And instead of proving why you should be voted for, stop proving to me why the other person shouldn't be. Exactly. Give exactly. me, and that's been my argument to the Never Trump people, instead of Never Trump, tell me why you're for your guy. And by the way, if your whole thing about being Never Trump is because you're a constitutional purist, then don't be telling me basically you're hashtag Never Trump, but the gang of eight, you know, guy is cool. Because whatever you think of Rubio, Rubio and Cruz have nothing in common. I'll tell you what, okay? Trump is Trump, and that's, that's just the way he is, even out of the political sector. Yes. Rubio and Cruz should be acting right now just like John Kasich is, regardless of whether yes. Kasich can win. I love the way he presents himself. You're an elected senator. Yeah. Exactly. Act like an Act elected like senator. Yep. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows who Donald Trump is. It's not a surprise. And I'm not a Trump supporter per se. Right. I don't know who I'm. I, I still have yet to make a decision because they all have faults. You're the only other person that, that has just said that to me. I told somebody yesterday on Facebook, I can't post anything without um, if if I don't slam Trump, I'm automatically assumed to be pro-Trump. Yes. And I'm like, hey, wait a second. I don't like any of them. Right. Here's how I view the entire field. Mm -hmm. I view Rubio as somebody who flat out is every bit the, the reason why people are angry, which is rational, because he said one thing on the campaign trail, lied to his constituents in Florida, which is why he's 20 points down, mm -hmm. turned right around and stabbed him in the back with a gang of eight. And he can try to justify that all day long. But basically, that's right there is the problem I got with the Republican Party next. Cruz I, is not, is not the... 100% pure, non-establishment, honest guy he's pretending to be. His establishment ties go way back deep into the Bush administration. Yes, I like where he stands on a lot of stuff, but don't be talking the purity thing with me with Cruz. Most importantly, he's got a serious likability issue, as we've talked about many times on Craig's Sewing Show. We have. I, 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 it, I don't believe with his personality that he can win a general election. He's such a turnoff to people. Well, and look at what he did in Iowa with the, all the mailers and all that other stuff and some of the other underhanded things that have come out of his uh, uh, um, campaign. 
You are the person who is running on the straight and narrow, being upright, right. doing things because of principles and values. And, right. and now you're going to send out mailers that look like citations if you don't show yeah. up. And, and then he ran around with me, a slogan called Trust Ted. Well, you know what? Yeah. After I mean, all, stuff come like on that, now. Yeah, yeah. That, that to me dictates... Uh, makes you look like an idiot when you're turning around and you're like, hey, I'm the moral guidance, I'm the moral compass, but I'm going to try to trick people into votes. No. If you're going right. to say it, act like it. Yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. I would much yeah. rather you come out and lose running an absolutely clean campaign where you can say that you never gave up your scruples than win because you took a, a Obama-esque approach to try to win a primary I'll tell you what, or caucus, rather. I'm in the exact same boat now. I went from Trump to, and I still like Rubio a lot, don't get me wrong, but because I think he does need to drop out because of the lower numbers, I'm kind of in the same boat. I really, at this point, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. Yeah. I don't. Well, I think that um, what I would like to see happen is going back to, I was one of the first people to say it back early on the Craig Sewing Show. I said Trump Cruz would be a great ticket. I think it might be it gone too nasty. Some people are saying, Mark Stein was saying this morning on uh, Russia's show that he thinks that they're two professionals who could get past that because they're two grown up adult men and they could come together. And, you know, Cruz is the only other person who's saying no way should the Republican Party try to force anybody on anybody at the convention because that absolutely, that's when I will say, never again will I vote Republican because if they tried to do that tyrannical move, then, I, then I'm then i not a Republican anymore. There's no point. You just played into the left exactly. hands. Yeah, you I mean, played you, into the left's hands if you do a broker convention. Yeah, you do that then forget about it. The Republican Party can go, go the way of the Whigs. But I actually think that Trump and Cruz would be a great ticket because I think Trump has an electability that I think Cruz could balance him, keep him tamed a little bit. And um, with Cruz's expertise, knowledge of the Constitution, Cruz could maybe even run a little bit of a shadow presidency behind the scenes because um, he has that knowledge. I think that that could be a winner going into the general. And, you know, that because to me, you got to win first and you got to have somebody with the guts to control. They can't control Trump. Right now, we've got all these national leaders coming out. Where's my article coming from? Japan and Mexico and all around the, and China, all scared about Trump. Well, what does that tell you? That tells you. That's that, good. That, that's good because they're t that tells you that we finally have somebody in the race that the world knows that they can't control anymore. You know what, Andrea? And the reason why the people really need to understand why the Republican Party, they have to unite is because the Democrats are 10 steps ahead and they unite like that every single time. And yep. if we don't, we're going to lose. Period. Absolutely. Yep. And what do you guys say to the people who say, well, you know what? The, the never Trump people actually have themselves convinced that Trump would be worse than Hillary. Mm. What do you I, say to them? I totally disagree. First of all, you look at Hillary and if it stands right now and there's no prosecution, you're going to look at Hillary and Bernie. You're going to have a socialist as the vice president. They got them through the door of the White yep. House exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. they, they are just, if you look at the attacks they make on each other, they're minimal and small. Mm -hmm. All they do is point to the right. Hey, look at those guys. Look at what they're doing. Because we're not fighting. We, don't, we know who we are. We don't care. This is one and two. We're dictate that, dictating that to you. Right. I'll tell you what. That's going to be the ticket. Dennis Prager uh, on our on earlier programming today had a great analogy on this exact topic. He said if he had on one of two doors, he knew door A was going to have someone behind it with a machine gun. And if he opened that door, he was going to get blown away and he was going to die. Or he had B and he had no idea what was on the other side of the door. Which one would you take? Take B. You take B. Yeah. And right now, that's exactly what Trump is. Trump is door B. And I'm willing to put my trust in door B than uh, Hillary or Bernie. Well, and people forget, too, we have an entire Congress, right? 
exactly that what they're to, for. That has to put bills on his desk before he can sign. And one of yeah. the things that we always get lost into going into these presidential elections is the congressional stuff, right? That's right. that's a bigger deal in a lot of ways than the presidency because one of the things that this do nothing Congress is doing now is they're not putting him on uh, putting bills on his desk for him to veto. No, they, yeah, they're, they're funding just yelling everything at him. Want. Yeah, yeah, or funding him, right? Yeah, they're funding him and then chastising him, which yes. which is like a completely psychotic, you know, message. And my my question about Cruz too is that people are like we need to have a constitutional purist. Well, then my question is, look, here's my here's my concern about that, and this is what I've asked people, and we can pick it up on the other side. We're about to go to break. If Cruz is such a constitutional conservative, and he and which means he would never use an executive order. You add that with his inability to create a followership and to lead people because nobody likes him. How is he going to get anything done? Right. He's, there's no communication. Yeah. People don't want to work with I'm concerned about you. that. They don't want to work with you. So, he, he, you know, he, oh, but Trump's going to do these executive orders like Obama. Well, then maybe something would get done. And what people also have to realize, Andrea, there is more than just the presidency on the line because whoever is elected, they're going to get to nominate a Supreme Court justice. And that's even bigger. That's well, a and executive point. orders, by the way, are blown through the roof as to what they can actually do. Right. Most people don't realize executive orders and executive actions are two entire different things and they're very very minimal in their scope everyone thinks right. that it's an that as the president you can just sign things and have it be done that is right. how you know they do not understand right. how our constitutional republic right. actually works here's what i would like to throw out to people before we go to break if we had trump as president on the ticket cruz as vp we had christie as ag we had carson as hhs fiorina in there somewhere you know we'd have a bang up ticket and we'd be able to get some stuff done Okay, we're going to take a break because we got to get that done. And then we come back. We got one final segment on the Andrea K show. We are going to talk a little bit about the, this Hillary Clinton email scandal. We got to spend a few minutes on that. And then there was a major announcement in the sports world this morning. And y'all know me being the NFL fanatic, I got to talk a few minutes on that. So stay tuned. We got more Andrea K show on the other side of the break. She's gone too long Anytime she goes away Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's Best Local Pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 you're listening to the Andrea K show on AM 1170 the answer welcome back to the Andrea K show hmm that sounds like a nice song Mm-mm-mm. I like a smooth groove I like something a little mellow because we get all heated here on the Andrea K show talking politics I was I'm joined today uh, by Sean Lewis from Sackheads Radio and SHR Media and his co-ho today. We got Noah behind the boards. Hey, we, hey. Were, we were talking about um, this GOP race and breaking all that down. You know, it, a lot of people 
half the people I talk to say, Hillary, she ain't going to be the nominee because she's going to get indicted. I mean, the FBI is going to press charges. Other uh, people like me are saying, I'll believe it when I see her in flexi cuffs because the Obama administration with the Department of Justice has to approve everything. In fact, they had to approve. I know during the break, Sean, I'm going to give you a chance to respond here. But they had to approve the fact that this cat Pagliano was granted immunity and which means that, according to Napolitano, there must already be a grand jury impaled because otherwise there would be nobody to testify to. And that means that le- leadership in the administration has already approved this. So some people are saying that means she's an indictment is forthcoming because you don't grant immunity to a small fish unless you got a hook out for a big one. What say you, Sean? Well, and my partner, Sackhead Clint, actually brought this up a couple of weeks ago when he said, I think there will be a conviction and it will be a last minute pardon by the president. There's no love lost between the Obamas and the Clintons. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They sit on the same side of the fence, but different, different ends of the row, if you will. Um, I think that there will be a conviction. And after what they did with Petraeus. A conviction or an indictment? uh, Indictment. I think it'll be be an indictment, a conviction, and then you will see the pardon. After what they did to Petraeus which the Obamas did to, in my opinion, the Obama administration did to have him be quiet about Benghazi. Mm-hmm. But it made such a whirlwind and it set such a precedence yeah. that they almost have to, at this point, do something because it could lose the election all the way around. Because if they don't do it, even those there are those on the left who will absolutely go insane over that because you still have blue dog Democrats over there. Yeah, You have a lot of progressives, I understand that. But it could cost the Democrats, the election all the way around completely. You bring up a good point because that would be the only reason why they would allow her to be charged would be if they thought, you know what? This is going to cost us the general if we don't do it. So we better let her be charged. And at that point, you know, they've got Sanders gaining some steam right now because really ultimately for the Democrats, they don't care about character. They don't care about uh, legalities. They don't care about who's broken. It's really all about furthering the agenda. Yeah, absolutely. So so that will be the decision maker for whether or not um, they allow her to be charged would be whether or not how they think it's going to affect the general. And right now, Bernie won. Here we are in America. Republicans aren't aren't addressing it. They're all attacking each other. We have an avowed socialist who won two states Saturday in yeah. a United States presidential primary. That is should be shocking. And there's people like, oh, that's a vote against Hillary. No, it's not. Because no. they would just stay at home. That's not a message that we don't like you, Hillary. No, there are people that are actually for that. And the Republican Party needs to get on board with it. But they do need to be hitting Hillary. 104 emails she wrote and sent are classified. Mm-hmm. Um McKay, who is a former AG, says that she broke four laws, four laws that we know of, um, all related to the Espionage Act. You cannot destroy information. You cannot be careless. It doesn't even have to be classified. If it involves national security secrets and you in any way were careless, with, with, which is how they got Petraeus, you've broken the Espionage Act. Yes. She intentionally set up an email to subvert the system, which was all about to cover her money laundering scheme. So why the Republican Party? D- I didn't watch all the debate last time, Noah. Quite frankly, I would have wanted to jab myself in the eyeball with a I pen. wanted to. I actually did, had a bourbon instead. <laughs> Good <laughs> did, call. Did any of them hit Hillary on this? Because the debate, no. the last debate I watched, no. I heard the subject of Libya come up and not one of them mentioned Benghazi if, ever. If, I, I might have been out of the room for a second, but for every moment I watched, she never came up. It, it, they won't. They don't want. And it, I don't know if they're tra- thinking they're saving their ammunition for the next step or they're just feckless. That's they, my guess. That's my guess so as well. So they're Romneying the situation? Pretty exactly. Much. 
Exactly. My biggest question is, how many emails does Bill Clinton have to release before he gets rid of Hillary for a few years? I think that's my biggest question. Because he's working hard behind the scenes to make this happen, oh, yeah, and they're still is. not biting. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also remember, too, I mean, uh, a lot of people are really taking into account Joe Biden may, may not be done if Hillary really tanks at the, the last minute. I think Joe Biden has turned his back on the Democrats on purpose. Really? Yes, because they've used him for two elections to get yeah. Obama in office. They got that older Democrat cl- uh, crowd to vote for uh-huh. Joe and then pushed him to the side. I mean, he's a he's a non-factor in this administration. The sad part is out of everybody in that uh, White House right now, he's the only one I have a little bit of respect for. A little bit. Just a little bit yeah. because I think he yeah. is an honest person. You know what's sadder to me is that, do y'all remember, speaking of debates, do y'all remember Paul Ryan and the cackling yes. debate with Joe Biden? Yes. That's who couldn't, we couldn't win in 2012 <laughs> against that guy? Come on, there, man. There's a Romney, reason. go away. Hashtag never Romney. Hashtag never Ryan. It should have been, been a slam dunk election. It really should. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a reason we have a segment called Dare Joe Biden. We have our listeners come up with the craziest <laughs> things that we'd like to see Joe Biden do because there's a chance he might do it. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> speaking of not knowing what's behind door B with Biden, you never know what that crazy man is going to do. Two through the door. Uh, one thing that we do know, though, is that whether or not Trump's been hitting Hillary on in the debates, um, he's been basically fending off attacks because he's the front runner. And so, of course, he's been on the receiving end of the debates. Um then um, we know that he will hit Hillary hard. Big time. Big time hard. Because one of the things that he has proven is that he is not Romney. He does not back down. He will throw it out there from anybody. And he will go back the next day. If somebody had planted evidence on him on a, uh, like like she did at a debate and he gets caught off guard, he, he would have gone back the next day and dealt with it. Mm-hmm. He would not have let that mm-hmm. go like Romney did. And he also takes it to the media. This is a man who controls a narrative. One of my biggest issues in 2012 was that we had a candidate who was always playing defense to a media and to the other side. We've only got a couple minutes left. I was going to bring my sports reporter Paul in, but I'm to talk about Peyton Manning. Unfortunately, I don't have time to bring Paul in. Um, but he did make an announcement this morning. Speaking of a class act, Peyton Manning, whatever you think about him in terms of whether or not you like Denver Broncos or whether or not you like the Indianapolis Colts, the man's been a class act. I've heard all the stories about him sitting on trainers' faces in the locker room and all that kind of stuff and paying off trainers. Dude's a class act, and you know, and I and I love somebody who goes out in a classy way. I don't think he's going to Brett Favre it and try to come back four times. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. And listen, growing up in New England, he was one of our biggest adversaries for years. And one of the reasons you didn't like Peyton Manning is when you had to play against him. Right. Because he was an outstanding quarterback. Mm-hmm. Whatever off-field issues they are alleged happened and all this, that doesn't matter. I'm talking about how he acted in the game of football. Right. Uh, he was a class act. And I think he played the game for the game. And I think he always tried to understand that the game was bigger than he ever was. Yeah. And let's face it, he was one of the best that's ever taken the field. Yeah, and you know what is, whenever he struggled, like having been humiliated in that Super Bowl you know, game against you know Seattle, you never heard him complain. Nope. You never heard him behave badly. Nope. Yeah, I know he ran off the field and didn't shake Drew's hand, I guess, after the Super Bowl down in Miami. One of the greatest nights of my life, I might add. But um, <laughs> by and large, class act, Peyton Manning, you are, you did New Orleans proud, even though we don't necessarily consider you one of our own 
one, even though you are. You did New Orleans proud. You are a gentleman. You are a class act. Um, wish you all the best as you're going forward. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. Thank you, Sean. My pleasure. Sackhead Sean for being pleasure. here. Go to shrmedia.com to learn more about him. And be here every Monday and Tuesday night at 8 p.m. for the Andrea K. Show. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Go to my website, andreakshow.com. Be sure to tune in every morning here on AM 1170 for the Mark Larson Show from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. What an amazing um, story in, in what he shared with us tonight about the Reagans. Love you all. Have a great night, everybody. I can easily feel myself slipping more and more away. The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K.